everyone, and welcome to the Greater Than Podcast. My name is Elijah Merle. So honored and blessed you took out the time to join us again today. Whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Google Stitcher, Breaker, uh, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, all the different platforms. We're so thankful that you're taking out the time to click play on another episode of the Greater Than Podcast. Listen, today we're in for a special treat. We have here Pastor Joey Hamill here. No relation to Mark Hamill. No relation to Mark Hamill that I know of. He may, he may be holding down on me, but not that I know of. No relation to Luke Skywalker, but uh, we're so thankful to have him here, uh, pastoring a great church there in uh, in Texas. And so we're going to pray real quick. We got a word on our heart to share with you. You see the title of the podcast uh, It's overcoming a poverty mentality. And uh, ooh, this should be fun, right? We should we should hit a lot of nerves with this one. But uh, <laughs> let's pray, and uh, we're going to dig right on into today's lesson here. Amen. Father God, we thank, thank you. you. Lord. We give you praise. We thank you, Father, for who you are. We thank you for Jesus, who he is in us, to us, and through us, Father. We ask that through the truth of your word that you would communicate it through these earthen vessels, that uh, it would invoke a change, that it would get us up to the new level in you, Father. We say that we speak as the very oracles of God by the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, that which would bring us up to that new level in you, yes, Father. God. We, we desire you. to go higher in you, to know you and the power of the resurrection, Father. We thank you for yes. that. In Jesus' name, Praise God. Amen. Amen. All right, now, guys, uh, Pastor Joey Hamill here. We met here not too long ago. At the time of this recording, not too long ago, actually, a couple of days ago, mm-hmm. at the uh, ministers conference, I was introduced to him by Reverend uh, Dustin Martin. Shout out to him. He's been on the podcast before as well. Shout out to him. And so, anyway, uh, Pastor Joey has a word on his heart and a fire in his belly. We're just going to turn him loose and let him share this word with us. So, Pastor Joey, sir, take your liberty, and uh, let's dig into this. Praise God. Thank you, Elijah. And it is an honor and a blessing to get to be on uh, the, the podcast with you. I love to share the word. You know, um, this this month actually is 30 years for me as a believer. Praise and, the Lord. January 1991, I surrendered my life to the Lord. Now, if I would have died before then, I might have made it in, but I know I wasn't living for God. You know what? You know the difference. Yeah, I'm talking exactly, about. exactly. <laughs> but, uh, yes, but uh, you know, uh, um, I, I surrendered my life to the Lord Jesus Christ in January 1991. And uh, one of the things I'm very thankful for is that uh, I, I was raised and I, I did go to a Southern Baptist church for a lot of years. I mean, nothing really stuck with me, you know, I mean, yeah. But I, but but I'm thankful for the foundation of salvation that I was taught in the Baptist church. But uh, what really captured my heart when I f- was when I found out that God was a good God and that he mm. just wanted more than anything for me to prosper and to be in health. And that just like uh, an earthly father would want to do the best for their children, we have a heavenly father who's faultless, who's who's uh, uh, all powerful nothing can hinder him or stop him from doing what he wants. And this is who my daddy is. This is who my heavenly father is. And so, uh, you know, they say, you know, you have to unlearn before you can learn. You may have heard that or, you know, that expression. And I'm just thankful that I really didn't listen too much when I was going to church. (laughs) When I was (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And so, uh, but, uh, you know, I didn't have a lot to unlearn. All I knew and all I heard was that God was a good God, that he is the healer that he is the blesser. Amen. He is the deliverer. And so, man, I mean, I got turned on to the word of faith and uh, the move of the Holy Spirit from the very beginning. And 
And one of the first revelations that I caught hold of, Elijah, was the fact that God wanted me to be blessed financially. Mm. Now, now, I knew that that wasn't the first thing or the most important thing, but it's a residual effect of being part of the kingdom of God and a part of God's family. And so um, if it's something that the blood of Jesus bought and paid for, then it's only honorable for me to enter into it. Mm, that's good. Yeah. You know, um, people say, well, I don't deserve that. All I want is a mansion in heaven. That's really actually uh, pride cloaked as humility. Uh -oh. Because <laughs> I'm going to try to keep it real nice, okay, Elijah? <laughs> no, you go ahead. Go ahead, Pastor Joey. I, I turned you loose. <laughs> so, you know, people, and they don't mean it. It's unconscious. But to say something like, well, Lord, all I need is just a, a cabin in the corner of glory land. Well, what they're actually saying is, is I think I deserve that. <laughs> I don't deserve, I don't deserve to walk on the streets of gold, much less to have a, a house built on the side of it. Yeah, yeah. So, so when God says, I go and prepare a place for you, many mansions are, are in my father's house, uh, and I've prepared one for you. It's, it's, it's gratitude and honor to say, thank you. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I know I don't deserve it. That's not even a part of the question. It's just that somebody who is God, by the way, wanted me to have it. Yeah. Come so on. I don't have to feel worthy, but if I'm grateful, I'm going to say, thank you. Mm. When the word says in first Peter two twenty four, with his stripes, you were healed. I don't consult my feelings anymore. God said I was. Mm, that's good. Come on. So, so I humble myself and I say, thank you, Jesus, for my healing when I'm, when my body's racked with pain. So Pastor Joe, what, what, yeah. what, you're, what you're saying, sir, is that it takes humility to receive these blessings, you know, because some people would say, well, that's just prideful, right? That you're saying that God wants you to prosper and everything. Right, Actually, right, on right. the contrary, it takes humility <laughs> to receive these. Oh, yeah. that's so good. Go ahead, sir. Yes, sir. That's good. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, David said in the Psalms, he said that God takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Mm. Well, humility says, God, I sure wouldn't want to deny you any pleasure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Come on. I mean, yeah. I, I would hate to find out at the end of the day that, that I denied you pleasure by not letting you bless me. <laughs> Come on. Come on, Dad. Listen, God gets more pleasure out of prospering you than you get pleasure in him prospering you. Wow. God prospering you was his idea before it ever became your prayer request. Ooh, that's a, hey, y'all put that on Twitter. That's a tweet right there. And the only reason why we requested it is because he told us he wanted to, wanted to do it for us. <laughs> Come on, man. I'll tell you what, we're getting excited out here. We're going to have a fresh armor smell if we keep it up. Oh, I, I can't have faith for something God didn't promise. So if I'm asking for healing, if I'm asking for blessing, if I'm asking for financial increase, to ask in faith, I have to have a promise. Yes, sir. That's right. You know? That's right. Uh, uh, what is it? First uh, John 5, 14 and 15. This is the confidence that we yeah. have in him. Yeah. That if we ask anything, what? according to according his to will. Him. So I got to know what his will is before I could ask. But many times people are going asking, what is your will? <laughs> that's on. the tail. That's the tail chasing the dog. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, I got to know, I got to get in the word of God and I got to find out what God promised. 
This is the confidence. How, where does confidence come from? It comes from knowing the will of the Lord. Yeah. And you can know the will of the Lord. People say you never know what God's going to do. They just don't read the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, y'all, he's saying that. I'm not saying it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, maybe you're reading it, okay? Maybe you're reading it. Uh, let me make this softer. <laughs> <laughs> you're good. You're good, Pastor Joe. I maybe love you're it. reading good. it. Maybe you're reading it, but you read it. Need, you need to read it some more. <laughs> I need yeah, to read yeah. it some more. This we month, all do. Thirty years I've been serving the Lord, and I need it some more. Yeah. Amen. We all need it more. And so, uh, you know, you may believe, but you only believe as far as you know. Yeah, that's right. And so you can only have faith in the area that you believe and that you know. Okay, so so uh, you can know what God's going to do. You may not know how he's going to do it, but yeah. you can know what God's going to do. You can't know how he's going to do it. You may not know when he's going to do it, but he'll do it again. You know the song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so <laughs> yes, he'll do it again. Um, yes. So you may not know how he's going to do it. You may not know when he's going to do it, but in the word of God, you can know what God's going to do. And so our faith should not be in a timeline. Mm, or on. or location yeah. or a person because he never told you who he's going to do it through where he's going to do it or what time he's going to do it that's good that's good now the biggest trouble christians get in elijah i believe as a pastor going on 20 years now this year mm -hmm. the biggest th th thing that gets people in trouble is uh misguided expectation mm. because they think they have faith but it's really in a lot of ways, it's presumptuousness. Yeah. God promised you a miracle, but he never told you how he was going to perform it. Mm. So a lot of times I think people's faith is in how God's going to do the miracle rather than just having faith that he's going to do it. Leave the results yeah, yeah. up to God. I'm the believer. God's the performer. That's good. But anytime I try to get over into doing God's job, that's when I mess it up. Yeah, you know? every time. It's exactly right. Yes, sir. And Mark eleven twenty four, Jesus said, What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them, and you shall have them. It's my job to do the believing. It's God's job to bring the having. There it is. Come on, man. That's good stuff. <laughs> oh, Listen, oh, if this don't set you on fire, if this 10 minutes don't set you on fire, your wood's wet. This is good stuff. <laughs> yes, sir. That's good. So so what uh what, what we're talking about here, and I'm so glad, Elijah, that you asked me to talk about this because the things that I'm having to share over this next 25, 30 minutes here with you with you guys is uh, is nothing new. In fact, if you've been in the word of faith uh, for any amount of time, you're likely, you have likely heard many of the things I'm going to share with you. But in John 8, 32, Jesus said, the truth shall make you free. And, and you may have heard people say it this way. Uh, he didn't say what what's new. He said, "What it's what's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so we get in trouble because we're always looking for something new um, and we're dissatisfied, you know, with what something we've heard, but we really haven't even acted on. So um, the things I'm going to share, actually, Elijah, you know, your your father in the faith is, is Reverend Keith Moore. And I have yes, been sir. listening to Keith Moore for many, many years. I love his teachings and, and many of the things that I'm sharing, I've learned from him, you know, yeah. but but here's the difference is, is that these things have proven true to me. They may not be new truth to you, mm. but these are things that have proven true to me and to my family, my wife. Even before Kathy and I were married, we operated in a measure in these truths 
that, that God wants to prosper us. Amen. And I used to think that prosperity was an amount in my bank account, but I found out that true prosperity is the condition of my heart. That's good. And, and my mentality. So really the, the best verse to begin talking about overcoming a poverty mentality is, um, is third John verse two, where, mm-hmm. where, um, John said, beloved, I, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. And you could spend like weeks and weeks and weeks talking about this. Right. Um, but you know, the apostles, they didn't go around wishing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, uh, and actually in the footnotes of many of your Bibles, it, you may be able to read in the margin where it actually says for the word wish, it should have said, uh, pray beloved. I pray above all things, you know, that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Now, uh, these two words, even as, are very important for this verse because uh, if you don't mind writing in your Bibles, you could write next to even as in direct proportion to. Mm. In direct proportion to. That's so, good. beloved, I pray above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health in direct proportion to the prosperity of your soul. Now, what is your soul? Your soul consists of your mind, your will, and your emotions. All right. Your, your innermost being. So, Many times when we're praying for God to answer our prayers, we want something to change on the outside. God's waiting for something to change on the inside first. Come on. Yeah. Because he knows if he can change what's on the inside that's hindering you, then then you won't have to keep coming back for a miracle or a breakthrough every single month or every single week but you can overcome the things that used to overcome you. And you, there's a difference between growing out of something and b- being delivered out of something, because what I'm delivered out of, I might have to get delivered again next week, but something that I grow out of can never fit around my neck again. That's good. Wow. You know, Isaiah 10, 27, it says his burden shall be removed and his yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Amen. Now there was, there's actually a good translation I used to didn't like because I thought it cheapened it. But when I began to study more and understand more about our growth in Christ, I began to appreciate it more. And it's actually in the NIV um, where it says, and that, that yoke shall be destroyed because you've been made so fat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I thought that cheapens the anointing, you know, but, but I understand we don't want to cheapen the anointing, but here's the thing is, is that when we get delivered from the yoke of bondage, of, of lack, of poverty, of sin, of sickness, right, um, of sinfulness, it's not, it's, well, it's not just Jesus coming over and busting that thing up with the sledgehammer. The reason why we're delivered from it and it can never fit back on our neck is because we've outgrown its capability of being, come on. That's good now. <laughs> so, so if Jesus takes it off my neck, it, it could it could potentially get back on there and that's deliverance but if but if it's because i've gotten so fat like phat in the spirit amen yeah, yeah. i mean i mean what used to fit around my neck come on it can't yeah. fit on there no more that's good come on <laughs> amen and so while we're focusing on god changing something on the outside of our lives god's focusing on changing something on the inside of our lives mm-hmm. the thing that god is in the trouble to begin with, most likely. Amen. So there's yeah. a difference between 
being delivered from something. And if we need delivering from something, get delivered. <laughs> Amen. But the goal is, is not to keep you in a position of needing deliverance every time the devil tries or decides he's going to attack you. But God wants you to outgrow the enemy's ability to ever put you in the same yoke. That's so good. Wow. Amen. And so your greatest need is not an immediate answer to your prayer the rest of your life. But now you're living in a place and positioned in such a way where you're not the one waiting for the miracle check to come in the mail right before they take your car away. Yeah. Or repo your, your, this or that or, or, or for, you know, take away your home, you know. Um, and we thank God for those miracles. I've been in those positions, those last minute, you know. Uh, you know, they, people say, God, you, you, you don't ever know when, you know, but he always comes right on time. You could actually get to the place where, where it is before it's due. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it can't happen. It doesn't have to be two happen. minutes it left. Can <laughs> it can happen. And, yeah. But we all go through those seasons in our life and those tests in our life where he's proving and testing the metal of our faith. Can you trust me to the last minute? You know. Yeah. But we need to come to the place where we pass that test. And now we're the ones putting the checks in the mailbox for others who are come on need, come, who are needing to pass that test because God didn't come down from heaven and put the check in the mailbox for me before they shut my lights out. Yeah, he had to speak to someone who was in a financial position to do it, and yeah. who was ready to obey God, who had a heart to sow, who had a heart to give, and to obey even when they don't understand it. They just do what God says. You know, so God wants to bring us from the place of being the person waiting for the last minute uh, uh, breakthrough to being the people that God can speak through to be used by God to bring the last minute breakthroughs for others. Wow, that's, that's the good. purpose for prosperity. God blessed Abraham to be a blessing. Amen. Yeah. You know, in F.F. Uh, F. Bosworth, in his uh, classic book, Christ the Healer, he said this. He said, when you want what God wants for the same reasons he wants it, you are invincible. Mm. Everybody wants what God wants. If they read the Bible, <laughs> they're going to want what God wants for them, but not everybody's going to want it for the same reasons he wants them to have it. Yeah. If F. Bosworth said, if you want what God wants for the same reasons he wants you to have it, you are invincible. You are unstoppable. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, so uh, let's go on with this in third John. 3 John 1, verse 2, beloved, I pray above all things. In other words, there's a lot of things John says I'm praying for y'all, but the one that's on the top of my list is I want you to prosper and be in health in direct proportion to the prosperity of your soul, your thinking, your mind. Amen. So, Amen. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of people who don't believe in prosperity and who teach against the prosperity message, they will say that John was not talking about natural financial prosperity. He was only talking about spiritual prosperity. Well, let's entertain that idea just for a moment, just for a moment, because it won't <laughs> yeah. take, because it won't take more than a moment to dispel it. If it took longer, we'd take longer. <laughs> let's read that in that light. Beloved, I pray above all things that you would prosper and be in health in your spirit, just like you are in your spirit. <laughs> Does that make sense? No, no, no up. you don't have to say that. So he's obviously talking about two different areas of life. He's talking about the outward, 
physical material world in relation to the spiritual soulish realm yeah i want you to prosper and be in health in your finances in your body in your life in your social life just like you're prospering in your soul come on so what has to happen first is not an increase in our salary or an increase mm. in our bank accounts listen anytime that you seek that's the reason why proverbs says that if you seek to get rich you will not be found innocent he yeah. that's hasty to get wealth it will not be found innocent somewhere there's going to be some corners that were cut <clears throat> yeah they shouldn't have been you know uh, yeah. uh you know honor is going to be broken integrity is going to be broken uh, time, character yeah. is going to be broken when you seek to get riches okay but uh the blessing of the lord it makes rich and adds no sorrow because all i was doing was seeking first the kingdom of god and his righteousness <clears throat> And he caused all these things to be added to me. Amen. Yeah. So it's wrong when we are trying to add the things, but God wants us to be in a position where he is adding the things because he sees proportionately that we can handle it now. He sees the prosperity in the condition of our soul. And he says, oh, now I can bring Elijah up to another level in his finances because he just passed this test in his soul. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so good. That's right. Yes, sir. Amen. So if we're not any further in life, it, that may be why we <laughs> we got to pass some tests amen he was a little nicer that time guys he said that maybe <laughs> god god's still working on me <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so good. keep going it's so good yes sir you, you, you have to know my heart everybody listening watching uh you have to know my heart this is my gift i can't help it i just i i have to believe you want help as fast as possible <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the yes, Bible sir. says, if I'm walking in love, I'm going to believe the best in you. And I believe you want help as fast as possible. So, yeah. so I'll just put it right there, man. <laughs> put it right there. I love it. Let's keep it going. I, yes, sir. But I put it right there in the spirit of love and meekness. <laughs> Listen, yes, I, if I wasn't so convinced about these things, Elijah, I would not be able to put it like this. I, I know that God wants you to prosper and be in health, not just because I read it or because somebody told me, but I've been living this for 30 years now. Nobody can come and tell me that God doesn't want me to prosper. They came too late. Exactly. Yes, sir. That's right. Amen. That's Praise right. God. They say uh, the love of money is the root of all evil. That's not what the Bible says. Tell the us Bible about says it. That, that, uh, well, I'm sorry. They, they say money is the root of all evil, but that's not what it says. The yeah. Bible says that love, the love of money is the root yeah. to all evil. You know, there's a lot. You don't have to have a dime to commit that sin. You don't. We don't. There's that's people right. that broke that love money. In yep. fact, it's the people who actually have more money that think about it the least. Mm, yeah. You know? Uh, so, you know, the love of money is a sin that could be committed by the rich or the poor. Right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, then there's people say, well, you know, there's more important things than money. You ever heard that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that's true. But when you're broke, it's hard to think about them. <laughs> like, yes, so, so when I'm when when I'm trusting God as my provider, I'm able to focus even my intercession on other things and other people other than on myself. Yeah, yeah, it's true. That's part of the reason why Jesus wants to be our provider is so that we can focus all of our attention on His work and for His kingdom to help and be a blessing to others. So I'm not true. thinking about getting my needs met. I'm praying, God, whose needs do you want me to meet today? Yeah. And how many 
I'm ready, Lord. Praise God. Make me a blessing, Lord. <laughs> yes, Lord. Amen. Yes. Praise yes, God. Yes. So, so um, we 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 uh, disproved that this is only talking about spiritual blessing because it's very clear that John is making a, a distinguishment between outward material prosperity and soulish prosperity, right? And he says, mm -hmm. I want you to prosper outwardly in direct proportion to the prosperity of your soul. All right. Yeah. Um, it's uh, Proverbs 11 verse one that says of a false balance is an abomination to God, yeah, but, a, but a just weight is his delight. So God delights when he sees a balanced life. Mm, when perfectly he balanced. Us, yeah. Pardon me. No, no, I just said perfectly balanced. Exactly. Yeah, yes, sir. Yes, and, sir. And, you know, I don't know if I'm perfectly balanced, but, <laughs> but he's like, he's like <laughs> yeah, you're trying. You're trying. <laughs> he's still oh, working yeah. on me, brother. He's still working on us. Yes, <laughs> yeah, sir. Yeah, he's amen. Working. He's working on all of us, you know. Um, and so uh, this is a lifelong journey, you know, of, of exactly. growth, amen, and maturity and, and, and correction and, and uh, repentance. And, and, but he's merciful to us. He knew all about us before he began with us. And it's funny, we might uh, get impatient with ourselves, but God is never impatient with ourselves. Amen. Glory to God. Yeah. Amen. And he has a way of taking you up out of the dung pile and raising you up and causing you to sit among princes. Praise God. That's right. Amen. Yes, sir. Amen. He is. And that's his intention. That's what he wants to do. Now, some, you know, I, I, I like to ask questions to myself when I meditate in the word and and I wondered, like, where did this thought come from? You know, what made, like, I could understand John saying, one of my greatest prayer requests is that you prosper and be in health. And that wouldn't phase me. But when he said, uh, that I wish above, or I pray above everything else that you prosper and be in health, I, that's pretty bold. Yeah. Because It seems like there's a lot of other, maybe more important things that need to be prayed about, maybe, you know? Um, but he said, I, I pray above all things that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Well, I, I realized over in John's gospel, um, in John 10, 10, he said, the thief has come not but for to steal, kill, and destroy, but I am come that you might have life and have it yeah. more abundantly. So, so if the devil didn't come for anything but to steal, kill, and destroy, then Jesus didn't come for anything else but to give you life and to yeah. give you that life more abundantly, okay? So that is above all things. If that's what he came to do, not but for to give us life and life more abundantly, then that would qualify as above all things, amen? Mm. Now, yeah. now, now get this, he said, I came to give you life, he came to give us the life of God in our spirits. That would be what John called soul prosperity. He came to give us life in our spirits. But then he said, not only that, but I've came to give you life more abundantly. So that's not just life in my spirit, but life in my spirit until it overflows into my outward material life. Mm, yeah. Prospering in your, in your, in your soul or in your, in your body, in your finances, just like you do in your soul. Amen. So, you know, I mean, John can tell me if that's what he, where he got that from or not when I see him in heaven, but, <laughs> yeah. but, but it seems to me if he, if he got it anywhere, he got it when he, when Jesus said the thief has come, not but for to steal, kill and destroy. And I am come not but for to give you life and to give yeah. you that life more abundantly. 
that to me would qualify as uh, above all things. So John's thinking, well, if that's what Jesus' greatest desire is, then I'm going to make that my greatest desire for the people of God. And I'm going to make that my greatest prayer for them. Amen. So um, let's see here. Uh, another thing to dispel the notion that this is only referring to soulish prosperity is uh, the the Greek word that John uses when he says beloved. Um, you know, when I look up this, I, you know, and, and, and you may know, and I'm sure you do, but uh, others may know uh, that there are different Greek words for love, like a friendship love, the love of a spouse, or, uh, you know, maybe the love for ice cream. I don't know, just different, different kinds of love, you know, but it's very interesting to me that when John said beloved, the Greek word he used was agape. Mm. So he's not saying even I'm, this is an expression out of my personal love for you. He's saying, I am expressing the love of the father God for you. When I say this, that my greatest prayer request for you is that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Now, if the Greek word he used was, I phileo you, I was like, well, that's real nice of you, John. (laughs) (laughs) Because other critics of the prosperity message say that this was nothing more than a formal greeting, Mm kind of like a Hallmark greeting, but we really don't mean it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, man, I read in the Bible where it said all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable to us. Come on. So, you know, the Bible says it was inspired by God. Some theologians say John didn't really mean what he said. I'm sorry. I'm going with Jesus. I'm (laughs) going with the word of God. Amen. And so uh, John interpreted that as being God's greatest desire for his beloved, his agape of God. This was actually not just a reflection of John's own love for those he was writing to, though it was, but he was actually, he intentionally used the agape of God, the God kind of love to express this greatest desire of everything. All right. Um, in uh, 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9, 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9, it, uh, Paul says here, he says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might be rich, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, uh, he starts off with, you know. Yeah. Now, it'd be a whole different story if he said, you don't know this yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he said, you know. So they had an extent of soulish prosperity that he could expect for them to receive from. Yeah. So he wasn't telling them anything new, but sometimes we need to hear the same things again. That's true. Come on. I've had people leave our church because they said, pastor, we already know that. Mm. Well, they would have a hard time dealing with the apostle Paul, you know, (laughs) (laughs) he said, I'm going to tell you this though. You know it and are already established in it. I'm just going to repeat myself. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so, uh, uh, it's not what's new that sets you free. It's what's true that sets you free. And I love something that dad Hagen used to say. He said, uh, the word that you become thrilled about, that's mm. the word that will work for you. That's right. It's not just knowing it, but it's 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 living in you. Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is quick and powerful. It's living. 
It's alive and powerful. So the word of God has got to be alive in you before it can be a sword in you. Mm, that's good. I said the word has to be alive in you before it can become a sword in you. All right. And so it's the living word. It's the word that we're thrilled about that works for us. Amen. And so Amen. he said, you know, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes, he became poor, that you through his poverty might be rich. Uh, in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, when he was made to be sin, we were made to be righteous. Here in 2 Corinthians 8, 9, when he was made to be poor, we were made to be rich. So this is not something that's going to happen in a future date. We have to see that this is an accomplished thing that took place on the cross. When he was made poor, we were made rich. I'm not trying, yeah. I'm not the poor trying to get rich. I'm the rich and the devil's trying to keep me from it. Mm, yeah. You see, I'm not the challenger in this fight. We're more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. We are the champions and the devil is the challenger. We are not the challenger in this fight. We are fighting on the victory side of life. Praise God. That's right. Praise the Lord. So I'm not trying. I'm not fighting trying to get something. I'm fighting to maintain my victory in Christ. That's right. Yeah. Because God says I have it. The devil says I don't. So there's a constant daily good fight of faith, Paul called it, to keep that attitude. Yeah. I love something Pastor Mark Hankins always says he gave the best definition for the good fight of faith I ever heard. He said, what is the fight of faith? It's the fight you have to fight to keep from fighting. Mm, yeah. That's <laughs> it's good. the fight you have to fight to keep from fighting because the fight the devil wants to get us in is in a fight, believing that we have to get something that Jesus already bought and paid for. Mm. So, you can fight all you want and have all kind of Christian actions and everything and never enter into the things that God has for you when you're trying to get something that Jesus already got for you. And the devil will leave you alone trying to fight for something <laughs> that Jesus already <laughs> got for you. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. But the fight we fight in Christ, the fight we fight is the fight you have to fight to keep from fighting. So what does that mean? Let me translate that. Um, it means I have to remind myself of who I am in Christ, what Jesus has bought and paid for me, and remember, consciously remember, that if it's healing I need, I'm, I'm not trying to get it. I'm maintaining my victory. I'm maintaining the healing that Jesus bought and paid for me by confessing the word. With his stripes, I was healed. When the devil tells me I'm not, I have to remind myself that I am. That's the only That's fight right. I have to fight. Praise God. It's the fight you have to fight to keep from fighting. <laughs> oh, Amen. Good. Paul called it the good fight of faith. Praise that's God. Right. Woo, that's right. Amen. That's good. Right. So we're not trying to get rich. We have already been made rich. That's right. I'm putting out a lot here, but I, I it's okay, I think, because we can go back and listen to it as many times as we want. Right? Exactly. Okay. Go back and hit rewind on it, man. It's other, good. Keep going. Other, other critics of the prosperity message will say that this is not talking about financial prosperity or material prosperity. Well, I beg to differ with that because uh, we have to understand that there are two basic types of suffering that Jesus suffered when he was on earth. Number one, Jesus suffered as our example. And number two, Jesus suffered as our substitute. That's right. What he suffered as our example 
we are to expect to follow and we are to expect to suffer what he suffered as our example. Jesus said, if they hated me, they're going to hate you. Yeah. All right? We can't expect people to give us better treatment than they gave Jesus. When we're preaching the gospel, when we're preaching the name of Jesus, um, we should expect persecution. We should expect tribulations and trials to come into our lives because of our stance for Jesus Christ. If they hated me, he said, they're going to hate you. All right. Make no mistake about it. That's what he suffered as our example. But we have to understand the difference between what he suffered as our example and what he suffered as our substitute. And when you read 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9, it's very clear that he's not talking about suffering as our example. If he was rich and made poor as our example, then I would say, oh, Lord Jesus, hurry and make me poor so I can be in your will. Sure. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I want to be right in the center of your will. It's anything's better than hell. <laughs> yeah. Right. But but the language, it, it prevents me from understanding or believing that this is his suffering as our example. The language clearly shows that this is what he suffered as our substitute. Now, in school, when you went to school, sometimes you went in the classroom and there was a substitute in there. And if it was like me, you was happy. <laughs> you, you, you were happy when it was somebody in there you've never seen before. You're like, oh, Lord Jesus, it's going to be easy today. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have a good time today. The substitutes yeah. here. Now, I've never had a substitute come in my classroom. And then all of a sudden, the teacher, the real teacher show up and they both stay there. If the real teacher shows up, there's no need for the substitute. Because the substitute takes place of the one who was supposed to be there. Oh, That's my right. God. Come, Come on, on now. <laughs> Jesus went to a cross that he wasn't supposed yeah. to be on, but he was. Yeah, you come and on. I were supposed to be on that cross. And he bore our shame. He bore our sin. He bore the curse. He bore the wrath of the Father poured out on him for sins that he didn't commit, but that we committed. He was our substitute on the cross. And thank God for it. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him as our Come substitute. On. And with his stripes, we were healed. Praise God. Not going to be one day, hope to be one day. I'm, I'm trying to believe. No, I was healed. Whether I know it or not, whether I feel like it or not, whether it looks like it or not, you are healed in Christ. That's right. Come now, on. Now, the good fight of faith begins when you make that your confession. Paul said, hold fast to the profession of your faith without wavering. Come on. Come on. Praise God. And so when we look at this in 2 Corinthians 8, 9, the language is so clear that this is talking about substitution, not Jesus suffering as our example. Let's read. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes, he became poor that you through his poverty, might be made rich. Mm. This is substitution. Jesus was made poor, so we didn't have to be poor. Come on. Glory to God. Come on. That's good. Hallelujah. Jesus was made poor. Now, that's not example, because if this was Jesus suffering as our example, it would have read differently. It would have said, though he was rich, yet for your sakes, he was made poor, uh, so you could know that you were supposed to be poor, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it didn't say, I learned sometimes more what the Bible says by what it didn't say than I, I do by reading what it did say. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> Don't ask me to say that again. I, <laughs> I know, right? 
<laughs> Say it again, brother. <laughs> Pray in the spirit. Get it, brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the message translation says, in one stroke, he became poor and we became rich. Wow, that's so good. <laughs> so we're not trying to get rich. In Christ, we've already been made rich. That's soul prosperity. Beloved, I pray above all things that you may as prosper that's and so be in health, even as you prosper in your soul. You've got to see this in the redemption that Jesus, though he was rich, he was made poor for your sake, that you through his poverty might be made rich. Glory to God. And you were made rich just as soon as he was made poor. You were made righteous just as soon as he was made uh, sin on your and my behalf. Praise God. Yeah, he so took good. and put on our, our uh, uh, filthy rags of righteousness, and he put on us his royal robe of righteousness. Amen. It was the, it's called the great exchange. Praise God. Woo, glory to God. Ah, man, there's so much more to share. But I'm, I'm enjoying this time. <laughs> it's good, man. It's good. Yes, Amen. sir. It's um because it's foundational, right? You got to build a foundation. We're building a yeah, foundation yeah. that is the will of God that we prosper. That's what it we is, built. Yes. That foundation that Jesus, that Jesus went to great lengths mm -hmm. for us to prosper. Yeah. And uh, you know something else? I'm gonna throw this in here. Hopefully, we can move on from this. But I'm gonna just throw this in here real quick. You know, the Bible talks about Joseph of Arimathea. It doesn't tell us much about Joseph of Arimathea, but it does tell us in Matthew, what was it, 27 or so? It says that Joseph of Arimathea was a disciple, but he also goes on to say this, he was a rich man. Right. Let's say it like this, he was a rich disciple. And the Bible says that Jesus was buried there, right, for those three days and the three nights buried there with Joseph of Arimathea. Well, the, well, this is what we got to realize, Pastor Joey, Joseph had to be rich in order for that to take place. Come on. He yeah. had to be rich. And he literally, his prosperity, watch this, fulfilled okay. prophecy. Come on. It fulfilled prophecy because mm. the Bible said that Jesus was going to make his burial in Isaiah 53 with the rich. Oh, come on so now. Yeah. Because Joseph of Arimathea was rich, come had on. the ability, he yeah. was a rich disciple. Yeah. It fulfilled prophecy and yeah. got Jesus buried right where he needed to be buried, yeah, yeah, yeah. how he needed to be buried. And they brought forth where Jesus could come back again and yeah. everything be fulfilled. Yeah, yeah that's good. So that's the good. prosperity, that's the purpose of prosperity, to be generous, yeah, yeah, to yeah. love people, to show, but also, too, your prosperity and mine can fulfill prophecy. Ooh, that's that's good. Come on. Good word. Good word. Good so word. That's, that's what it is. Yeah. It can fulfill prophecy. So this is yeah. the purpose of prosperity. There's a purpose for my prosperity. Oh, that's like, good right there. Like, that is good. Uh, Elijah, let me tell you. Uh, a very, very simple definition for prosperity. Come on. Prosperity means never having to say no to God again. That's good. God gives many people instructions, but if they're not stretching their faith and believing for God's best in their life, there are certain instructions that he would give, but he can't because we couldn't fulfill them. Mm -hmm. And yeah. anytime God requests something from you or I, it's because he knows we have the capable, we have the capability to obey it. Mm -hmm. And so the, to me, the most simplest definition of prosperity, is it, it's to accomplish an assigned task. That's good. Yeah. Joseph of Arimathea had, had a divine task, but if he didn't walk in what God called him to walk in, he would have, God would have had to go to someone else yeah. of Arimathea. <laughs> it would have been, <laughs> yeah. it would have been Bob of Arimathea. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. So where we're talking about this overcoming this poverty mindset, uh, yeah. the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. 
And so we've got to change our thinking here. You know, my spiritual father would tell it like this, you know, you, you make sure you get all the toothpaste out. Well, that could, that could, right, be, right. That could be a poverty mentality. Right. Come right. on now. It is. You're making sure of all these different things are going on. So could you speak into that real quick about uh, characteristics yeah, of yeah, a yeah. poverty mentality? Yeah, uh, I, I will. And Elijah, I'm glad you asked me because I know we're running out of time, so I didn't want to go there. But I, I do have personal testimonies of how God, please, please. Yeah, yeah. How, how God helped break me out of a poverty mindset. Um, you know, I was raised and I had good parents, but we always just kind of had just enough or even maybe sometimes not really quite enough. We hardly ever had a vehicle, had to take the city bus everywhere we went, and, and you just do what you got to do, and you don't even think anything about it because you don't know any different, but you're trained to think on a certain lower level than you would if you had more finances, naturally, you know, and yeah. so it was kind of like an unspoken thing that when you went to the grocery store, you just didn't buy brand name stuff, hmm. you know, because it's usually more expensive, and maybe some of them were legitimate in their higher price. Other, you might've just been paying for the brand. But to me, I didn't break it down like that. I just thought I'm too poor. <laughs> I'm, they say yeah. some people are poor and then some people just poor. <laughs> yeah. You can't afford all the letters, right? All the letters, man. It's like, so, uh, you know, uh, and, and when it came to milk, they had this little skinny section of Borden's, you know, on the end, but then this big, long uh, uh, area of the generic milk. And you yeah. never cross that line over into the Borden uh, uh, boundary. You yeah. know, cause that's, that's the name brand stuff right there, you know? And it was just these things that are built on the inside of us. And I remember it was after Kathy and I uh, got married and uh, the Holy Spirit began to challenge me about ways to break out of a poverty mindset or what we're calling this today is overcoming a poverty mindset, but you gotta, you, you got to uh, break out of some things to overcome some things. And yeah. I remember the Lord put it in my heart to start buying. It sounds silly, okay? But it's the smallest keys that can open up the biggest doors for you. That's good. We're looking for big things to change our life. Really, it's the smallest things sometimes that just need to be adjusted on the inside of our hearts that can change our finances forever. And I remember the Lord put it in my heart to start buying name brand milk. And it was a little bit of a stretch. Yeah. I remember even further back than that, before I was married, and I used to tithe on the net. Mm. Come on now. Come on now. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> and hey, you know, God will meet you where your faith's at, okay? I'm not yeah. condemning nobody. But I, but to me, that was stretching, man, because I was tithing off the net, and then I put my $5 in for the offering. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or maybe my $2. I don't know, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I remember I heard a certain minister say regarding the question, should we tithe off the net? I believe this is a starting point if you want to break out of a poverty mentality. So good. So good. Yeah. <laughs> because I heard a minister say, one that I respect greatly, he's in answer to this question, he said in regards to should we tithe off the net or should we tithe off the gross of our income? And he answered it this way. He said, well, do you want a net blessing or do you want a gross blessing? Yeah. I said, well, that answers it for me. From that day on, I remember I got paid every two weeks. And my tithe went up $30 every two weeks. That's a that's a full tank of gas and a half back then. Oh, sure. Easily. You no, know, per week. <laughs> yeah. So it was a stretch. But that was where I began to listen. 
Oh, I'm gonna get that's another one. We'll talk about that one another day. But but tithing, tithing is really the beginning of God bringing you more than enough in your life. That's so good. So true. You know. So um, when you can when you can uh, uh, give God the ten percent that's His, then He can trust you with more. Amen. And so that's probably the first one I can remember where I where I broke out of a poverty mentality. I started tithing off the gross rather than the net. Now with the milk, God told me later after I was married, start buying brand name milk. Now that may not work for everybody. And I'm not telling everybody to go start buying name brand milk. That was what I needed yeah. to make the adjustments in my heart. There's going to be something just as uh, uh, small seeming to you that the Holy Spirit may speak to you about. Okay. Um, and so uh, we started doing that. And you know what? We never broke down. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't all the, the fear that I thought. I mean, I, we never struggled or went hungry because we started buying name brand milk. When I started tithing off the gross, man, I started getting uh, salary raises Come on. very soon after, you know. Uh, another story I'll tell you real quick. It was a couple years after we started pastoring. We started pastoring here in Post, Texas in uh, January, or it was actually April of 2001 was our first uh, uh, year of pastoring here. But this was probably about 2003 or so. And my pastor who pioneered this church, he uh, took all the staff to Florida to a, a minister's conference on the beach. Very nice uh, luxury hotel. My wife and I, we never stayed in any kind of hotel like this in our life. And you know, we paid for it because we weren't on immediate staff, but he invited us to come with him. So, you know, we never spent money like this on a, <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, on a hotel, you know, uh, but that wasn't the big thing that got me. You know, I was really blessed to be able to be on the beach. And it just, get, when you go places like that, it gives you vision. It gives you perspective. You can think bigger, you know, and, and, and God can speak to you bigger. You'll hear him clearer. But uh, I remember in our hotel room, man, we had a refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> and I opened up that refrigerator and there was all kinds of food and drinks. I'd never seen anything like that in my life. I thought, man, we living it up now, you know? Well, I looked, <laughs> I looked at the prices and they had these half cans of soda, not even a full 12 ounce. I'm talking about the, the mini ones. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't even a real Coke. It was Pepsi. Now yeah. forgive me, Pepsi lovers. Yeah. That's what it was. I'm just telling the truth. It was a Pepsi. <laughs> I never yeah. heard anybody say, would a Coke be okay with you? But they always say, would a Pepsi be okay with you? We know which one is better, but we're not going there. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just teasing. Nobody unlike Elijah for my sake, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, it's Francis Joe. It's not me. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> Every opinion expressed in this podcast is not necessarily those of the producer. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Thank you for that. I was going to have to add that and add it on. So thank you. And I'm not saying they'll say it the Lord either, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. So, I love so it. anyways, anyways, I'm just having fun with y'all. I hope you guys are too. Um, it it kind of made me mad because you kind of feel ripped off in a, a poverty mentality feels ripped off. Hmm. Yeah, because a person with the poverty mentality thinks that someone else can control their destiny. Ooh, if if I didn't think that a person could affect me, there would be no room for offense. That's so good. There would be no threat. 
I could love a person who's not a threat to me. I, I could believe the best in a person who's no longer a threat to me. When my faith and my confidence, my security is in God as my provider, you could do what you want to. I'm going to prosper. And I'll pray he prospers you too all at the same time. I don't care. <laughs> he reigns on the just and the unjust. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> anyways, I was, I was mad at that. And I went downstairs and I found my pastor, Bracken Christian. He's my pastor, um, a, a spiritual father in my life. Uh, it, 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 I owe everything to him, my marriage, my ministry I have, the church I have to his uh, parenting, spiritual parenting in my life today. I'm so thankful for him. And uh, I told him, I thought he was going to, you ever thought somebody was just going to agree with you? You know, and you just yeah. tell them, you know, I, Pastor, you will not believe they had half cans of Pepsi for five dollars. Yeah. Five dollars. Can you believe that? And you know what he said to me? Tell me. <laughs> See, we you Jesse the Planets used to have a message, and he called it hitting your choke point. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know if you, you heard that. So yeah, I've heard that one. Yeah. this was right about that time when Jesse was preaching that. And when I said, can you believe that that Pepsi was five dollars? Pastor just laughed and he said, did you hit your choke point, Joe? <laughs> I, I didn't even say nothing to him. I just turned around. I went back up the elevator and I just and I drank and I made sure I got every drop, too. <laughs> <laughs> Now, now, if I would have been more grown in, 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 in a prosperous mentality, I would have left a little bit in there, Elijah. But, you left a little in there. But, but, I, but I was stretching so far, I was about to pop, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but I said, devil, see, sometimes we do things, we say, I'm just going to slap the devil. Have you ever heard that, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, sometimes you need to slap yourself. That's good. Come on. Because it wasn't the devil holding me back. It was my own stinking thinking. It was a mentality, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, amen. Well, those are just a couple of the stories I have to, and I hope that answered your question, Elijah. Uh, oh, examples good. of how God helped break me out of a poverty mentality. Unless we still need to be broke out in other areas, I'm still on this journey. You know, there I mean, I'm go. still going to people's conferences and hearing people's visions and seeing what God's doing for them, and I just feel like I'm just a newborn baby. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Help me, Jesus. You know, so we're all on this journey together. Amen. That's so true. Yes, sir. Well, um, I want to tag on a verse here. We'll, we'll begin to wrap this up. Um, we're, I'm going to tag on a verse here. and Basically, it's my turn now. But yeah, anyway, All right, we'll, come on with it. We're going <laughs> to tag on this verse. Leviticus. Oh, man, can any good thing come out of Leviticus? Oh, man, <laughs> Leviticus 19, 9 through 10. It says, God's talking here. And he says, when you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of your field. Mm, yeah, yeah or gather the, the gleanings of your harvest. Do not go over your vineyard a second time. Mm, that's come good. On that's or good. pick up the grapes that have fallen. Watch this. Leave some for the Ooh, poor come on. Yeah. and the alien. He says, I am the Lord, your God. Mm. He said Ooh. to leave some. See, um, a part of this poverty mentality that we have to overcome is my spiritual father tells a story where he had, um, they were getting ready to move from some another place uh, in Oklahoma. They were moving to another house. And uh, he had all his tools, all these parts for a car or a motorcycle, one of the two. And he was going to take them all with him. 
And then Miss <laughs> yep. Phyllis, my spiritual mother, Miss Phyllis, is like, well, why are you taking that, Keith? And he's like, listen, you never know when you may need this good yeah. part. He doesn't even have a vehicle. These are good parts. These are good parts. Yeah. And she just like, I, I don't know about that. And so she just left and left them alone. Said, okay. And left them alone. But then the Lord really checked them about it. That's a poverty mentality. Yeah. Well, another thing on that, Elijah, is he said that he didn't even have the same Corvette he used to have. He had a yeah. new one. And so those parts wouldn't even fit if something didn't break down on him. <laughs> if something did break down, it doesn't make sense. But what was yeah. it? It was an inward thing. Right, right. It was a soul thing that needed to be corrected. Change, yeah. So throw it away. Say, if there's one yeah. word, throw it away. Yeah. It, it, now, good. What that's is so this? wasteful. But isn't that so wasteful? Come on, that's what they would say. <laughs> yeah, you know, on. there's there's um there's no rewards in heaven for how much money you saved on a project. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. You know, there's, there's no such thing. We mm. have seen. The enemy, he can only twist. He's the, he, he's not creative. He doesn't have a creative bone in his body. He can only twist what God has already instituted. So right. he twists stewardship into stinginess. Come on. That's, oh, good. that's good. Good work. Yeah. <laughs> you ever see B.W. Bill Winston? You ever see Bill Winston, how he gets that, makes a face or something? <laughs> I had to make a face right there. I had to uh, shout out to Bill Winston. <laughs> that's Bill Winston. Bill Winston. That's Bill Winston right there. Woo! That's good. <laughs> People, oh, man, they, they mistake stinginess for stewardship. That's good. Exactly. That's a good word. Praise exactly. God. And so that's what that's how the enemy twists stewardship into stinginess mm. and being tight. Uh, but the Bible says that the liberal soul will be made. Yeah. Tight. I'll give you an example where this worked for someone's favor, leaving some. You ever heard of the story of Ruth? Uh-oh. Mm, come on. Remember yeah. what Boaz said for them to do with Ruth? She t- he told them. <laughs> To leave some. Oh, come on. That's good. He said, I want you, I want you to leave some for Ruth because her family is going to be going through something. Boaz, he ended up getting married to Ruth. We understand that. We ended up getting married and all that good stuff. But what happened before? He told him to leave some. Right. That's good. That's good, Pastor Joey. I like it myself, sir. He's trying to establish things in our hearts, isn't he? It's like yeah, exactly. you have to have some things happen inside before he can change some things on the outside. Exactly. Before that could happen, Boaz, he had that, I believe Boaz knew that in his heart and in his mind to leave some mm. for the widow, for someone who's going through something. He said, so let's, let's be generous here. Right, you, know? Um, well, you know, you know, what preacher, and some people ain't gonna like this joke, but I have to make the joke here. Some people, because Boaz is like, you know, we got Boaz, we got broke ass. We got Boaz. We got Boaz. Listen, I, I, I want to be Boaz. You weren't gonna say that one, though, were you? I'm sorry. But <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no. Go ahead, go ahead, Pastor Joe. What'd you say? I didn't hear it. I need to hear it. What'd you say? Oh, that's all right. It's good you did. No, no, it was, I was just saying. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, guys, we're having yeah. too much fun on this podcast. Yeah, but what we're saying is, God wants us to break free from that mentality. Yeah. yeah. What we're saying is, God doesn't want us to trust in uncertain riches. The reason why he said that is because riches grow wings and fly away is what the right. Proverbs reveal. Right. So that's why we don't trust in riches. But what we do is we trust in the living God. Going back to what Pastor Joey was telling us at the beginning, going back to being rich in God, 
being yeah. rich in our soul, knowing what God has provided. Because when you have that, it doesn't matter what's in the bank. You know right. that you're rich in God. And right. then God's able to add to you. Yeah, He's yeah. able to increase you. Uh, as Pastor Joey said, you're passing those tests and yeah. God can add to you. He can promote you. He can give you favor, get you to a new level. And so what we're saying is our focus and our attention is on God yeah. who richly provides for us. But our focus is on God, Amen. not the stuff, but yeah. on the provider. That's right on him. We have, have our eyes on him. He's able to lift us up. Yeah. So I encourage people, leave some. Don't <laughs> listen. When you go out to eat, leave, leave. some food on the. You don't have oh, to take everything like home. You, you know, you ain't going to eat that. <laughs> you got to take it home. And, you got to take it home and whatnot, act it up. Oh, man. And we it's know so we ain't going to eat it, but we don't want to look wasteful to others. We're more we're concerned really about what other people think about us. Now, if you're going to eat it, take it home, but but don't be sure. pretending. Exactly. That, because that's pride, right? That's pride doing it that. Is, yeah. That showiness of life. Yeah. So I want to encourage every one of us, you know, listen, throw the toothpaste away. You ain't going to get no more out of it. You don't need that little rolling thing, you know, that little, yeah. that little metal thing. Oh, Lord Jesus. If it gets that bad, Jesus is better. He's coming out, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> listen, you, you don't have to... Yeah, the tribulation. You listen, you don't have to add uh water to the bath gel when it's about to go. Come on, the ketchup. To the hand soap. Yeah, come on. <laughs> That's listen, they're not gonna like that. That's a poverty mentality. I'm saying yeah. let's get over that. Let's overcome it. Let's let the spirit of God, like what we said at the beginning, what Pastor Joey said at the beginning, let's let the anointing, the fatness break us out from that. Let's grow up some is what we're saying. Can I say one more thing to that, Elijah. Please, please. When the children of Israel were since you've gone over time, I'm I'm gonna go over time. No, it's your fault. <laughs> yes. no, when the children of Israel were in the wilderness, and they were praying that God would send food, God caused uh, uh, quail uh, mm -hmm. to come to them, mm -hmm. and He gave them a very specific instruction. He said, "Only take into your tents what you and your family can eat for that day. Don't take any extra." And you know, I thought that was kind of strange because it it, it, it would seem normal to try to gather it up, you know? I mean, man, this is a miracle. I don't know that it's ever happened before. How do I know it'll happen again? See, a poverty mentality, it can't even trust God that, that he could do the same thing again. Mm, it's yeah. one thing not to believe he could ever do it, but it's a poverty mentality not to think he could do it again when you know he did it once. That's so good, yeah. <laughs> so, so God said, only take into your tents what you can eat for that day. And then everybody that disobeyed and brought more in, it went rancid. You know, God didn't allow it to last long enough for them to be able to 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 benefit from that. And in the New Testament, we're taught why God did that and what God was accomplishing through the wilderness. It, he said it was so that man would know that he doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that so proceeds good. out of the mouth of God. That is why God wants to get us out of a poverty mentality so that we don't have a storing up, saving up mentality of saving ourselves. I'm not buying pallet loads of tribulation food to put in my cellar come on now amen i'm trusting god to be my provider praise yeah. god so That's god so wants good. us to learn that man does not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of god does man live Amen. That's so good. Listen, guys, what a fun podcast it's been. We've, we've laughed. We've, some of y'all probably cried listening to it. No, I'm just kidding. 
<laughs> well, we've had a good time. Pastor Joey, would you pray over us as we begin to wrap this up? Certainly. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus, and I do thank you for your word. I thank you that our souls can prosper and our souls can be in health. And in direct proportion to the prosperity of our souls, God, I pray that you would bless everyone outwardly and materially according to the prosperity of their soul in direct proportion to that prosperity. Father, and I thank you for grace for everyone, whatever season they're in in life, whatever test they're going through, whatever phase of life that they are encountering, Father, we just pray that you would help them to know that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And we thank you for it, and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Listen, what a great time we've had here. Um, so, uh, Pastor Joey, why don't you let people know where can they get in contact with you, hear some messages if they want to, all that good stuff. Sure, sure. Well, on my on my uh, Facebook page, on the ministry page, it's Joey Hamlin Ministries, H-A-M-L-I-N, Joey Hamlin Ministries. And uh, you can follow me on that page, or you could also follow me on my personal page. But on the website, I have joeyhamlin.org, and that is a, a MP3 store. But right now, I have everything on there for free. All of mine and my wife's teaching messages are for free. It'll look like it's going to charge you, but when you take it to the cart, it's going to be absolutely free. I just invite you to go and get anything you want from there. Um, and you can download it or listen to it right there on the site. But it's at joeyhamlin.org. I also have the Joey Hamlin podcast that I put a new message on, a 15-minute message uh, Monday through Friday. And uh, you're, you're welcome to, uh, to go to that if you like. Amen. Well, you guys go out, check it out, um, get filled up with the word, man. We appreciate each and every one of you for listening. Leave a like, a review, a rating on Apple Podcasts. Let us know if the podcast is blessing you. My name is Elijah Moreau, so it's been my honor and privilege to have Pastor Joey Hamlin on to talk. And uh, we want you to remember this. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in Thank you for listening to the Greater Than Podcast. If you'd like to learn more, please visit us at murrellministries.com. That's M-U-R-R-E-L-L ministries.com. Ministries International.